your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's episode, we will be discussing a article that I wrote for the hockey writers about Ryan Graves and how if the Avalanche do lose him to the Kraken, that could be the worst case scenario for the Colorado Avalanche. So if you didn't read it, uh, I will summarize it and then discuss the reasons why when it comes to that. Uh, we will get to the Nazem Kadri grade. We got his season grade from the people of Twitter voting in the poll. Uh, pretty close uh, vote, closer than I thought it would be. So we will get to that. And we will also take a quick look at Brennan Othman the next NHL prospect we will be uh, looking at for this NHL draft, which is not that far away. But first things first, follow the show, social media outlets on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Instagram, Locked on Avalanche, and send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. All right. So like I said, uh, started to do some writing for the hockey writers. And I wrote an article which came out yesterday about how the worst case scenario, well, not the worst case scenario, the thing that would hurt the avalanche most, in my opinion, is if the Kraken take Ryan Graves from the avalanche in the expansion draft. Expansion draft is right around the corner. Uh, you know, all of this talk, we, we, we've gone over a year now, really kind of uh, bringing it up every once in a while and throwing out opinions and ideas of who we think is going to be protected, who's not going to be protected, who's played their way into getting protected, maybe who's played their way out of being protected. Well, all of that is is coming to a head, and teams need to have their lists in on Saturday. I don't know the turnaround time in when the general public will know, uh, the draft is the following Wednesday. Let me get my Yeah, the 21st. So the 17th on Saturday, I think it's like by 5 o'clock Eastern. Teams need to have that list in. When those lists are made public, I don't know. But sometime between Saturday and Wednesday, uh, we'll know. And, you know, the, the, the Kraken will get Kraken on who their roster is going to be. I had put out that article, and like I said, I I just feel that what Ryan Graves can give you, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, he is in, infallible, and, you know, he didn't have the best season. You would have liked to seen him follow up the season from two years ago uh, with something similar you know if he could have outpaced that 2019 2020 season then fine if he had you know just lived up to it that would have been fine as well he probably he performed a little bit less than in this recent season and for me 
you know, one of the big things in Avalanche world is they need to get a little bit more physical on the defensive end. And Ryan Graves can do that. You know, you, I just don't like the fact that we, that we could just give up, not in our, you know, we're not just giving him up. Craig would be taking him from us. You know, a six foot five, 220 pound defender. Those are guys you like having on your team. And last year, it was all Ryan Graves. He he was left to be the sole bouncer on the defensive end and really had no help doing it. So when he wasn't on the ice, it was all more offensive defensemen. You have those guys. Like, Kale McCarr can mix it up. He doesn't seek it out. Sam Gerrard's not going to do that. Uh, Taves, not really going to do that either. So... Graves is your guy. He's your he's your enforcer as much as he can be one. And he's not a guy that's going to go really headhunting. You know, if there's a scrum, he has no problem getting in the mix of it. But my thinking was if you have him for next year and then Eric Johnson does return, which you're fully expecting him to, you have those guys playing on two separate pairs. You're, the 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 physicality has already improved, and I think that what a lot of people are thinking is, when you say the Avalanche need to get better in terms of the physical nature of the defense, they don't have to be the most physical team in the league. They just need to be more physical. And if you have Graves and if you have Johnson, they are going to be a more physical team. You don't need them to be the best team in the league when it comes to physicality and hits and all this other and, and, you know, penalty minutes. They don't, that's not the type of game they're going to play. Do they need a little bit of a bump in how, how much uh, physicality and how, how physical they are on defense? Yeah. If you have Graves there and if you have Eric Johnson return, it's improved. It's not the best, it's improved. And that is really what they want. They're not going to blow up this defensive scheme that they have just because they went up against the Vegas team. Who they hung with in terms, if you're looking at the stats and hits, they I should have brought it up in total. I'm willing to guess they out-hit Vegas in that game. That doesn't tell the entire story. But there were games where they were the Avalanche were getting out-hit like 50 to something in the teens and they were holding their own against Vegas. It's not their game, but they need guys on the defensive end where it is their game and it's Graves game. It's kind of Johnson's game. I mean, it's, it's more his game than, than, you know, being an offensive powerhouse. So if you bring Johnson back, you have those two dynamics. Now you have a more physical team and you have a great offensive defenseman unit as well in Makar, in Gerard, and in Taves too. So now if you bring Johnson back, now you've you really have a good set unit for these guys to be more physical. And if you lose him, if you lose Graves, now you just have Johnson to be you have Johnson being the guy that Graves was last year. And do you want that? I don't. So now you have to go find someone to re, to replace Graves. And in the article, I said, uh, I'm assuming that the Avalanche are not going to protect Jonas, uh, Jonas Donskoy. They very well could. 
and it, it wouldn't bother me if they did. But if they don't, I, I, I'm not saying the Kraken are going to take Donskoy, but if they do, I, I hate saying this because it seems like I, I don't want Donskoy around. I completely do. I don't want to lose anybody on this team. But I'm more comfortable uh, finding a replacement for what Jonas Donskoy can do than what Ryan Graves can do. And I can hear the grunts in the cars as I say as I say that out loud. But I'm not willing to just give up on Ryan Graves. We all have to remember, he was everybody's lock to be protected. And it's amazing what one season can do. And if you want to break it down even more, it's amazing what one series can do. Because look at what people want to do with Sam Girard. They want to get Sam Girard out of town because of one bad series against actually a one a couple bad games against he didn't play a full series of bad games against Vegas. He played a couple bad games against Vegas and people want to run him out of town. Some people do. So you have a season of up and down for someone like Ryan Graves when at the beginning of the season we were all throwing him in the protected list. I don't give up on guys just like that. He's a young kid. He's 26 years old. That's another thing that I wrote about. Donskoy is approaching 30. Not that that's, you know, you you put him in a nursing home when they hit 30 years old, but uh, I I would be more comfortable with what Joe Sackett can do either in free agency or letting one of these young guys take over. We all expect Alex Newhook to be a, a full-time NHL player next year. It's a lot to ask, but could he match what Jonas Donskoy's output was? I don't know if he would match it, but I think he'd come pretty close, and that's what you have to look at. You have to look at not losing Jonas Donskoy. What is the difference between what Donskoy put up and what his replacement's going to be? If I think Donskoy put up, uh, what was it, 30... One points or something like that. Um, I can look it up pretty quick. But so say Newhook comes in and puts up 25. Donskoy 31 points. So say Newhook comes in and puts up 25 points, which I think he can do more than that. So the difference is six points in the stat sheet. But when it comes to salary... It's about $3 million that you're saving. Or if you want to use that money that you lost on, on Donskoy, you can go find a free agent for $3.9 million that you can, you know, you, you have a better idea of what a free agent can do. Bring someone in that can, that you are confident can match what Donskoy's output is. So I just feel like there's there's more options to be had if you were to lose a forward like Donskoy to come in and replace them uh, as opposed to what you lose on the defensive end in terms of the physicality with Ryan Graves. Graves didn't have a great season. I'm not trying to sit here and say he did. He was up and down. You never knew you were going to get. He needs to improve in that aspect. And I think there's enough there where I think that he can. So I know some people don't agree with that. Um, and if it doesn't happen that way, and please understand, like when I say 
Uh, if Ryan Graves, or excuse me, if Jonas Nasco is still on this team and they do take Graves, I'm that's fine. I, I'm looking at this from the business side of things. And if you lose Donskoy, okay, fine. We lost Donskoy. What do we need to look at? We need to look at his production, not the person. Look at the production. And do we go and get a free agent that can match his production that we know based on their record because they're free agent, they've been in this league for a while, we know what they can do, bring them in, or do we let one of our young bucks go for broke? We don't have a guy like that in our minor system as far as what Ryan Graves can do and his size and you know his physicality. We don't have that on the defensive end. So you'd have to go out and find it, and I don't know where you're going to get that outside of trading for Seth Jones, which nobody seems to want to do except the front office at Colorado or Denver. And then if you do bring in Seth Jones, in addition to Ryan Graves and Eric Johnson, now you are talking about one of the better physical teams in the league. So that's just where I stand on it. Let me know what you think. I'm sure, you know, people are have their own opinions, and that is fine. I want to know what they are. Let me know. Uh, but right now we're going to hear from Rock Auto, and with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for you, for your local chain auto parts store, to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. They are a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. And they're how-did-you-hear-about-us section so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So let us now get to the Nazem Kadri season grade. And it's so interesting because how I just said in the last segment how, you know, people want to run Sam Gerard out of town based on his Vegas series. I was fully expecting people to hold uh, Nazem Kadri and, uh, you know, his suspension in the postseason totally against him. And that be the only thing that they consider when voting for him. And I'm going to say for the most part, it, it, it's not, uh, you know, it, it was a pretty close vote. Only 1% of votes were for an a and only 8% were, were for a D or an F uh 43% were for B and 47% were for C and this was really close this was uh 44% a piece for B and C with about an hour to go this thing was neck and neck between B and C and that really really surprised. I thought it was going to be uh predominantly C and I thought a, a D or F was going to be in second place because you know, I'm on social media quite a bit and, and reading just everything about uh, Nazem Kadri and, and how upset people are with him. Uh, not, not you know, they, they still they can be upset with him and not agree with the suspension, which is what I am. Uh, I don't think he should have got eight games for that, but I also don't like what he did because 
we know the story. He put his team in a, in a tough spot. So because of that, I really thought it was going to be C and uh, D slash F for uh, what, where this grade was going. But, I mean, C does win out closely to, to a B, 47% to 43%. And I would definitely go with that. I, I would agree with a C grade for Don, or excuse me, for Kadri. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. Uh, when you look at his stats for the season, 11 goals, 21 assists, 32 points. And he is the only guy on the, the Avalanche to play all 56 regular season games. Uh, and if you look at his game logs for the entire season, a lot of those points are really front-loaded in the beginning of the season. He was nowhere to be found from, let's see, what where can we give him? I, I mean, you could go to the end of March, but he did have three games at the very, very beginning of April where he had an assist each. So if you want to push it to mid-April until the end of the season, we'll do that. We'll go We'll go uh, April 7th. So beginning of April, April 7th to the end of the season, May 13th. That's, you know, it's like, like 18 games or so. Uh, one goal and three assists. So to have that over 18 games... And you still have 32 points on the season. That to me is a, a season of what could have been if he could have just interjected some assists at least throughout like a smattering of assists throughout some of these games. I mean, he went from March 23rd to May 3rd before he in between goals. So he had a goal on March 22nd and then didn't have another one until May 3rd. That's and, and, and you know, he he talked about it, he didn't shy away from it. Uh, so when you look at that, you're like, OK, it's, it's a decent season. But when you really look at the end of really from the, the middle to the end of the year where he just could not get on the on the scoreboard. That was a little bit concerning. And I said it many times. We were all okay with it number one because the avalanche were winning and number two we always said well just cadre's just got to get to the postseason you know it's fine the abs are winning they got the president's trophy and now we're in the playoffs which is where cadre shines well there's two ways cadre shines in the postseason Uh, he can score and he can suspend himself and he did the suspend himself so because of that, because he ended the season not on the best of roles at all, and you absolutely have to take in the hit and the suspension into an account as well. And because of those two things, he gets a, a C for me. And that's odd saying that because, you know, even at 32 points, I think that's like fifth or something on the team. Let me go back here. And find out where it is. Uh, you got me. One, two, three, four, five, sixth. That's sixth on the team. Tied for sixth with Sam Girard. So 
with all of those games where he just couldn't score that much. He still finished sixth on the team in points. That's impressive. Uh, but he should have been up in the mid. Burkowski had 44 points. If you ask me, he should have been fourth on this team in points. Mika was 66. McKinnon was 65. Landis got with 52. And then Burkowski got 44. He should be in between 44 and 50 for the season. And he had that funk, and he played every game. Couldn't say he was injured, and he was out, and he wasn't—he didn't have the opportunity to score. He did. So, uh, and it will be really, really, really interesting to see what the Avalanche want to do with him. I think a lot is going to be said from the Avalanche standpoint uh, when we do hear the the players that are protected. If they don't protect him, it tells me one of two things: that the Avalanche. Uh, don't have plans for him, and after the expansion draft is over, they might look for a trade for him. Or they simply believe that the Kraken are not going to take a guy who is one hit away from a lengthy suspension. And why would a why would the Seattle Kraken, an expansion team, uh, want to get off on the wrong foot with a guy who could produce for them is not because he's suspended. And I'm not saying Nazem Kraj is going to go out there looking to hit somebody. But it's just he has that title now. And if it does happen, whatever team he plays for is going to suffer from it. So I think that's why the Kraken stay away. So did the Avalanche put him up on the block for the Kraken to take, knowing that they wouldn't do that? And in a sense, be able to protect another player. Like Donskoy. I don't know. But we will all find out soon enough. Interesting, interesting stuff when it comes to Nazem Kadri. So uh, we we shall see. All right. We are going to hear from betonline.ag. And then we'll get to our prospect of the day. So bet bet online, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet in all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. And you can track all of the action at betonline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and UFC and MMA. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head over to the website, use a mobile device to sign up, and when you do, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. And just to wrap things up, wanted to continue discussing some of the draft prospects that could potentially be available to the Avalanche when they pick at number 27 in this year's draft. And I had been saying all along that I'm not doing these in any particular order. We've done a couple prospects already. Uh, and, and those, I mean, those are guys that I would. You can go back and listen to those episodes, uh, but those are guys that I would be fine with the Avalanche taking, but I didn't necessarily, because I haven't come out with like an official ranking, and I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I will say who I would really want the Avalanche to pick. Maybe I'll just come up with like a list of like the top three guys that I hope they do pick. Early on, uh, I think at the top of my list right now, Penciled in there, like I said, I haven't officially done anything yet. If Brennan Othman is there at 27 uh, and the Avalanche don't take him, I will be a very upset person. 
Uh, I I really like what Othman can do for this team in the future, and we are th- a lot of this episode not planned necessarily is about how the Avalanche need to be a little bit more physical. And we talked about the Ryan Graves thing, and we did talk about Nazem Kadri and how you know that type of player that the Avalanche need. Brennan Othman is that. And he is a, a forward that almost plays like Nazem Kadri. But maybe, I, I don't want to say, like he's not out there looking to just take people's heads off. He has no problem getting involved, and he almost feeds off it. It's almost like he gets stronger when he is bumping elbows with guys. He loves doing it. He is not going to do a a dirty hit, a cheap shot. He plays the game straight up, but he plays tough. And that is what the Avalanche need really on both ends. We've been talking about the defense and Ryan Graves, obviously, but do they need it up front? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt. You have a ton of offensive talent on this team. So where do you need to fill in the holes? You really need to fill them in with being maybe a little bit more physical. Now, Offman's not going to come in next season and be that guy, but if the Avalanche do keep Nazem Kadri and he doesn't go anywhere, he's still got another year left on his contract. What happens after next year? Kadri might be on a, a uh, playing out the remainder of his contract as a way of, Kind of, am I going to be back with the Colorado Avalanche after I'm done? It's kind of like what Tyson Jost signed when what he's doing right now. They signed him to a one-year deal and it was like a show-me contract. What Kadri's left on his contract might be a a kind of like a show-me thing for like can can you keep it together? Which is a tough thing to say because for the most part he has. But if he throws out another elbow to a head and he's suspended, you can pretty much count his days in, in Colorado as over, and they were probably not going to resign him. Just like that's the main reason why Toronto got rid of him in the first place. They couldn't deal with it anymore. Avalanche might be in that position when Kadri's contract runs out. If they select Offman and match it up when he comes up, if he is ready, by the time Kadri's deal is over, his contract is up, he would slot in perfectly for what Nazem Kadri can do. And he is he's the kind of guy, how I said it, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been kind of putting these guys up. The best way to describe him is he he's going to be a guy that you love if he's on your team and you hate if he's on another team. He did an interview when he was 15 years old and they asked him, who do you style your game after? And I'm going to tell you who it is, and you might not like it, but then you will say, oh, yeah, like I probably I would like him if he's on my team, but hate him if he's on another team. Because he said he models his game after Matthew Kachuk. And that is the epitome of someone that you cannot stand. There's 31 other teams out there. You throw the Kraken in there. You, nah, throw the Kraken. There's 31 other teams in there, including the Seattle Kraken, who don't like Matthew Kachuk. But everybody on... Calgary loves the guy. That is Brennan Othman. He will get under your skin. He will mix it up with you. He doesn't have a problem doing that. On top of all of that, he's a skilled, skilled forward. He is a a great offensive weapon. He has a great, great shot already. He's physical. 
He's his puck handling skills are fine. No issues there. His skating is good. Shooting is excellent. He has a great, great shot. So all of the tools are there for him to be. I, I really think he's he's gonna be a really, really solid hockey player. And like I said, right now, while it's not official, uh he is right at the top of my list for guys I really hope are there. And if they are, I really, really hope the Avalanche take him. This draft is going to be crazy because it's so difficult to predict where guys are going to go. I've seen mocks where Othman is going 15, 16, like to the Rangers at 15, uh, like 16 or 17. And I've seen him where he's not even in the first round. So uh, it, it's it's going to be odd. Could he be there? Sure. Uh, and if he is, I really hope the Avalanche take him. So that's going to be it for today, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be back. We should be back tomorrow. I'm going to be out of town for the day, but uh, I should be back in time to record another episode. If I am not, uh, we'll be back normal time on Thursday. So... Uh, that'll be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's always a pleasure. Get a hold of me. Let me know what you think about anything that was on the show today. Uh, if, if you think the Avs will, will protect Kadri, if you're okay with uh, them keeping Graves, or if the Kraken don't take him, you're happy with just let me know. Lockdownavalanche at gmail.com. And uh, that's going to do it. We'll see everybody maybe tomorrow if I get home in time. Have a good one. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!